Greetings. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Legacy Drawing Board. The podcast journey and experience that wants you to build a stronger, more meaningful legacy by embracing good design principles. I'm your host, Ron Fong. The focus of this podcast is on you, and it's based on three principles. The first is the vision, to have you see yourself and your world through the lens of legacy design and building. The second is its mission, to introduce you into the world of design and have you emerge as storytellers. And finally, the all-important purpose. There's a perpetual need for leadership that calls us to edify others through enduring relationships. For those of you who have been kind enough to be to have been listening to the podcast for the past year, I thank you. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear about your journey. I want to hear how you've been discovering your purpose. I want to hear how you've been clarifying your vision. And I want to hear about your commitment to your mission, your mission to build a legacy, to have a clear, sustainable message. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about a friend who recently passed. I've often talked about legacy building that we it's an active process that's going on right now with your every thought, word, and deed. So many times we tend to think of a legacy as something towards the end of your life. But even at the end of life, there has to be steps that led up to it. It's important that you think of your legacy in the present and not so much in the future. For this episode, we'll take a look at back at an individual's legacy. Gene uh, was, a, was a small business owner. He owned a comic book store in Sacramento, California. And Gene was a generous individual. And you could tell that from the moment you stepped into a shop. He, would, he greeted you with friendliness and asked if you needed anything. And he was, if you weren't quite sure what you're looking for, Gene would walk you through and ask about what interests that you were, or especially for parents, what would be age appropriate for your children, and that because Gene was a husband and a father himself. What Gene had established is that he established a gathering place for the community. We could think about other examples of gathering places. Nowadays, we think of the local coffee shop. Other times in past, we think about perhaps the local tavern or the barbershop, a place where people felt welcome to come in, find kindred spirits, and engage in community building, engage in conversations, and getting to know each other. And that's what Gene's shop was. It was a gathering place, and it spanned generations. It spanned so many uh, demographics, but all felt welcome there. And for those of you that aren't familiar with perhaps comic books or a comic book world, it's a bit niche. And we know that the stereotypes of sort of the nerdy, geeky individuals, yet it's it's a it's a form for artists, uh, whether you're a writer, you're an art, uh, illustrator. It was an, a form for talking about ideas and about your growth in terms of what you want to say through your work. 
so many times people don't think about that in terms of comic books, but it is it is a form. It is an art form. Gene was very cognizant of that space and what it meant to individuals, and also how to introduce reading to children, how important it was to spur imagination. For those of you who are who know about the comic book world is that anyone who owns a comic book shop doesn't do it for for profit. Uh, you, you know the, the profit margins I suspect are very, very slim. And they do it because they're they're fans. They do it because they love the genre. They do it because they want to talk about imagination. And Gene did that. Gene established food drives uh, during the holidays, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. There was always a big container there for donations that Gene would gather and then take to the local food bank. There's an event that's put on by the publishers of comic books. It happens every first Saturday in May. It's called Free Comic Book Day. It's, it's a giveaway where publishers will try to introduce uh, comics so that they can get people interested. And again, it's the idea of free comic book days for, for free comics uh, sampling. Gene didn't use it as necessarily for a promotion of his shop. He used it as, again, a community event to build uh, bonds, especially among the children. The lines would begin gathering, I think, even you know, a good half hour before the shop opened. Gene would arrange for local artists to be there to sign, to do drawings. Gene had made it an event. And imagine that you're a, a young child. It's, it's like a second Halloween or trick-or-treating. You're going to go get a bunch of treats because of the free comic books there. And people will be lined up with their parents, and they would be dressed in costumes. Gene encouraged that. It was a day where a child could be a child and look into the future about spurring their imaginations. Perhaps they were interested in being an artist or being a writer. And they would see the people in the industry right there at eye level to a child, how important that was. Gene prioritized children. Gene knew how important it was uh, for, uh, you know, as the child's trying to make their way through the world, how important it was to have heroes in their lives, heroes that would teach right from wrong, teach the goodness that comes, that comes from being a hero. Gene did that. Gene exemplified that in terms of promoting that, the, the hero qualities. As an employer, Gene hired many teenagers throughout the years. He gave people opportunities to earn a living. In some instances, it became a second home for these individuals. And Gene grew these individuals. He wanted them not to just work in a comic book store. He wanted them to be able to follow their dreams. He wanted them to grow into adulthood with adult responsibilities, that sensibility. Gene had an eye towards, again, towards the future for people's personal development. And his wife, Pam, was kind enough to share some of the communications to her upon uh, Gene's passing. 
and one came from a former employer. And this is one line just, just really just stopped me in my tracks when I read it. This individual talked about the fact that he didn't have a mother or a father with him at the time, uh, perhaps growing up alone or growing up with other individuals who were not his parents, and was having a you know the difficult the, the difficult times that we all I think faced in terms of adolescence, as the things that are familiar we're not we, we don't want anymore, and the things that we want we're not so familiar with. That really difficult transition. And Gene gave this individual an opportunity, an opportunity to belong. And this is one of his lines that he, uh, in his email to Pam and said, quote, so many of us took shelter under his canopy, end quote. What a powerful testimony to Gene's legacy. That Gene thought first of the community. Gene thought first of others, and that he built a canopy. It's a wonderful, wonderful picture, wonderful illustration. Gene did, did build a canopy. He provided shelter for people. It was one of those things where if you were having a rough day to go there, and it was you know, sort of comfort, food for the mind, to read a comic, to talk about comics, to talk about the latest um, superhero movie, whatnot. Gene was there to, to, to talk to you, much like a trusted uh, bartender. And Gene would, would welcome you in, and there was that, that canopy. And people did take shelter there of all ages. They got to know Gene for, for a better part of oh, 20, 20 years, and Gene was part of my, the cadence of my life, the rhythm of my life. Practically every Wednesday, I would go there to pick up my comics, exchange uh, updates with Gene about his family, his growing family, and his, uh, his love for the San Francisco Giants. He loved baseball and talked about uh, comics. But what was interesting is Gene uh, was in his early 50s, so he's about a decade younger than me. But he understood that transition, that bridge, and that's what Gene did form. It was a bridge because at my age, I'm you know, a bit of a curmudgeon, uh, perhaps a, a bit of an anachronism where I, I like reading things by having it tangible in my hands and not so much the digital things. And all the things, the iterations of all the superheroes and the reboots and so forth. And Gene and I also talk, often talked about the transition, about how comics with its humble beginnings, uh, where, you know, the first comic book conventions, or I think the one that we all know now is the San Diego Comic-Con. And I think the first one was 1975, and it was basically, I think, in the basement of the Sheraton Hotel, where it was amazing. You know, think back then, pre-internet and all that, how people were able to gather together, you know, across the country, invite artists. At that time, you could get, you know, the big names of the comics there and just talk to them. It was a very intimate setting. And now we see that is now grown to where it's a linchpin for Hollywood in terms of the A-list or the red carpet. So it could roll out its movies, its previews, and it's just grown, you know, tremendously. I think even most of us have a passing knowledge of, of what the Comic-Con is in San Diego and there's other comic book conventions. 
but that bridge to understand that, you know, what has gone before. And Gene was of that age and he knew enough history to understand that history and what it meant as the people have gone before, at the same time, always keeping his eye on the future. Gene was, again, always thinking about children. Uh, during the pandemic and the shutdowns, when children were vulnerable in terms of just their education, but also their daily interactions of having uh, stimulation of the mind. Gene created uh, the Comic Crate, where he would have parents uh, identify what the children liked, you know, age appropriate. What were their interests? Were they interested in science fiction? Were they interested in uh, mythology or other things of that nature? Were they perhaps they were budding young artists themselves? And Gene would take in the parents. Uh, profile or, you know, the outline or the interest, listed interest of their children. And Gene would gather uh, comics that would address the particular interests of the child. And that was very successful. And again, it was that outreach to Gene of terms of community building. He, being a parent himself, he understood what it was like for children to be isolated in a time when they were really should be having a great deal of mental engagement in which the imagination was very fertile and for them to explore new worlds through, uh, through fiction. G understood that and he understood the importance of cultivating that. And Gene did his part during the pandemic by creating a different avenue, having access to it, in order that children's imaginations and minds could still stay engaged with parental supervision. That was, that was Gene. And we, we, again, we think about our legacies. We, I think most of it has been to people's funerals, our, our friends' passings, uh, family, loved ones. And again, we have a tendency to look back and that's natural. But for this episode, the reason why I talk about Gene is to talk about how Gene may not have articulated as such in terms of, uh, you know, he would say, that, well, here's my legacy and here's how I'm designing it. And perhaps he did. But I saw in Gene on a weekly basis what he wanted to do in his life and what he had to offer. Gene wanted to be engaged with people's lives. Gene wanted to contribute to the community, and he did so in so many ways with the food drives or the free comic book days, but also being an employer. And for those of you who are small business owners, you know that the demands of being an employer, how you're, when you're responsible for someone else's livelihood, that's a great undertaking and it's a great testimony to the type of person you are. It's often been said that, you know, one year of being an entrepreneur is equal to 10 years of working for someone else. Gene did so in such a way that was, he made it seem almost effortless or it seemed like second nature him that that's just what you imagine Gene to always 
what he always wanted to do, what he, we can't imagine him being something else, and not because of limitations of ability, but because of his nature. Gene, whenever there was problems with the uh, shop, Gene would take it in stride. Gene would, wouldn't like it when, you know, bad events occurred, but he would take it in stride and he would keep the shop open because he knew that people came to rely upon it, uh, re- rely upon the shop, not just for the comic books, but for the conversation and the friendship. For Gene is that, you know, what was his vision? I don't never had a formal conversation with that, but I can imagine that his vision was that he wanted children to embrace their imagination and to use their imagination as a roadmap for uh, for their future. His mission was to have children read, to have children read and to dream. And finally, Gene's purpose was that he was here to be available for people and to grow the community. As you're thinking about your legacy and thinking about your friends and your families, I suspect you know genes in your life that perhaps you are on a similar path. And now is the time for you as we are examining legacies to acknowledge to people that what they do. I think it's important as you know we talk about edifying others through enduring relationships. Uh, Gene did that. He helped build up people uh, through the relationships. And in this time of the year, as you're thinking about all the relationships in your life, it's important to articulate what people mean to you. It's important for you to take stock and really treasure the enduring relationships and when people have given and and people and again and we we know we don't give for the sake of acknowledgement we don't uh, give for the sake of accolades we give because it's the right thing to do and as you're looking at your legacy as you're asking yourself what's my vision what's my mission what's my purpose Gene is a great reminder that, you know, we, we think about people and, you know, how they change the world or how they revolutionize something, uh, which is all fine and good. But have a focus in what you do and don't get lost in terms of uh, grandeur. So many times people will get lost along the way that they seek the limelight that they seek uh, perhaps fame, riches. The impact that you're going to have is going to come from your sincerity, your authenticity, and your commitment to others. Those will define a stronger, more meaningful legacy. Your legacy is your message. It's the message when you're not there for the present when you know you're away from a meeting or just out of town whatnot and also when you're gone when you're gone from this earth have you articulated 
and built a strong message for when you're gone. Gene has done that. Gene has maintained the importance of children, of imagination, and community. Uh, Gene is a wonderful example in terms of legacy building. And I'm sure Gene will be the first to say that you know, he never perhaps considered himself special or out of the ordinary. But in, in many ways he is. In many ways he is an everyday man. And for us for to, to recognize that those individuals are all around us. And we can learn from them by example. And we could learn from them about their legacy. And for us, again, to acknowledge, to, to encourage, encourage each other by saying, you are building a wonderful legacy. You're building a legacy that will endure. You're building a legacy that will contribute to uh, the well-being of individuals and of community. I hope that this uh, reflection and this uh, remembrance of my friend Gene will encourage you to do that, and for you to, you know, again, I, I'm I'm sure that you do have a gene in your life, and that to to use others as examples and to set examples for others. And I just go back to that one line that is, that is very powerful. So, quote, so many of us took shelter under his canopy, end quote. As you are building your legacy, are you designing it in such a way that you have a canopy? That it's overarching, that it separates people from the elements of certain hardships, that they can seek shelter by coming to you. That's, you know, I, I think of, you know, that is a worthwhile legacy. And for someone to remember Gene in that way, to articulate it, that speaks volume to Gene's legacy. I encourage you at this time to design and build your canopy. Build as wide and as overarching one as you can so that's visible to others and it's inviting it's open space it's one of those where there's always room for one more under the canopy when you do that you will have built a worthwhile legacy for those of you who are interested in exploring how to build your legacy through design, I invite you to visit my website, truenorthshepherding.com, and sign up for a complimentary session on how we can work together. And for those of you who have been listening, and, and again, I thank you for your, uh, for your support. Is something stirring inside you as you've been listening to these episodes? Is something now that take you to a perhaps a different direction, or now do you think you know you're more sure of your steps? I I invite you to to share that with me, and I would 
If you want to be a guest on a podcast, by all means, we can arrange that. It's important that people hear your your voice. It's important that people hear your, your I don't want to say struggles, but your 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 works. Your you know, and there's there are times where anything worthwhile is going to involve hard work and struggles. But it's important to, for people to hear that. It's important to hear how pe- how you are building, how the building process is going along. Again, your canopy and the fact that, you know, for people to take shelter underneath it and for you to be able to, to share that. It's going to, again, it's going to be a powerful message. And the more you share your message, the more you refine it, the more you articulate it, the clearer and stronger it will become. My next episode, so I'm recording this on uh, Saturday, August I'm sorry, August, so, uh, December 16th. Christmas is only about, ooh, about a week away. And my following episode will be will come a little bit late, right after Christmas. But I recently uh, watched again. I can't remember how many times I have a Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, it's interesting on the DVD, there's a bonus section in terms of all that uh, in- went into the production and actually getting it on the air. And it's not as smooth, given the success, it's not as smooth as you would think. But there were a, a host of leadership lessons that one can, that's, that's visible, that's right there uh, as they talk about it. And I'm going to going to share that or, or highlight those leadership lessons from the production of A Charlie Brown Christmas. Until then, please... Uh, give your legacy the time and attention it deserves because when you do we all are enriched by it thank you thank you